Alright, welcome to the Powerplay Team Previews, a series of short episodes in which a guest and myself, we're going to be looking ahead to the 2021 road season. And we go through all the men's world tour teams and have a look on their transfers, on their expectations and what we can expect of them this season. The first one up here is Team Bike Exchange and I'm happy to be joined by the man who knows all about Team Bike Exchange and Aussie Cycling as his Twitter handle already suggests. It is at Insider. Jamie, welcome. Thanks for joining me. How are you going? I'm doing well, Rob. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going well as well. Uh, you ready to dive into Team Bike Exchange? Yeah, of course. I've been talking to a bunch of them recently, so good. you got got me on some good timing. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, you've been talking with loads of them, so definitely great to have your insight on it. Uh, it's been a difficult year, maybe 2020, as for a lot of teams, um, also hit by the pandemic, uh, pay cuts, a possible takeover. But then the good news came from Gary Ryan. He's going to commit till at least the end of 2022. Uh, to, for the team with the Worlds coming up next year in Australia as well. Uh, what's the overall feeling with at Bike Exchange going into this season? Well, it feels like a very long time ago, didn't it? The whole Manuela Fundacion uh, issue that they had there. Um, and I, to be honest, I think there's still a bit of hangover that you see from that in this 2021 roster. Um, some riders who left around that time um, are now holes within that roster. So like Jack, yeah. Jack Hay, um left um, pretty much around that time before it was um, entirely confirmed that um, Jerry would be necessarily on for the next uh, in for the next few years. And um, I don't know exactly the timeline on Adam Yates and Jack Egg, but those decisions you think would have had an impact. Daryl MP, of course, you know, a big loss. So it's, yeah, times have changed in terms of leadership in, um, in uh, not Green Edge, not Mitchell and Scott anymore, Team Pike Exchange. It takes a while getting used to. So, um, yeah, t- change in leadership. I think we'll see some of the younger guys coming through. It'll be interesting to to watch how they uh, go in 2021. Yeah, you already touched on, uh, on on some departures, so let's bring them up mm-hmm. on the screen as well. Uh, Albacini, obviously, retirement. Uh, Adam Yates gone, Impy gone, Hay gone, and Affini gone. A-, a lot of the culture that maybe was dictated sort of like the culture at Milton Scott for over all these years gone as well. Um, is, is, is a bit of fresh air coming through for the team or? I think they're going to maintain pretty much the same culture. Um, there was a lot of talk about that when I was talking to Sam Buley and Matt White in particular, those, and those two have been with the team since the start. So those are the two big names who really drive the culture and bring in new riders to the team. So I think we're going to see very much as, sort of a safe pair of hands in terms of that sort of feeling within the team. Um, the real thing is getting back to winning ways, I guess, because they had a fairly lean um, 2020 season. Um, that Matt, Matt White told me that um, it had been about half the race days as well. I'm not quite sure if it was exactly half the race days, but they had uh, 16 wins as opposed to their normal about 30 or so. Yeah. So to do better and um, build upon... You know, some of the almost successes they had last year, like Terreno Adriatico was obviously a great um, race for them, but they were looking to go and have a great Giro after that, which didn't happen. Um, obviously, getting kicked out halfway through the race didn't help, but Simon Yates was not going well even before he got kicked out. So, yeah, it's one of those things where they'll be wanting better in, in 2021, and I think they've got some possibilities to do that. And I think if we look at 2021, let's bring up the transfers on the screen here as well. Uh, obviously, the biggest name coming in, Michael Matthews. And then they've got Tano Kengert coming in, uh, Grundel Jensen coming in from Jumbo Visma, and Kevin Colleoni, a young, uh, talented Italian uh, climber, um, coming in as well. 
are we probably like we named Michael Matthews, biggest star coming in? What's supposed to be his impact? What do they expect at, at Bike Exchange from him? Well, we were all very excited <laughs> in Australia when Michael Matthews um, got. You came home. It's it's that sort of narrative. He's um he's being picked out especially by Jerry as soon as he put up the distress signal from uh, Team Sunweb as they were then now DSM. Um, yeah, I mean we're hoping for big things from him, but the question is what type of races can he win now? I mean we're talking like Matthew Van der Poel, Wilt Van Aert. They're better sprinters than him. Are they better climbers than him? They're certainly in that area. Um, and there's some suggestion that he's going away from bunch sprints um, so much. So I wouldn't expect to see him mixing up in like green jersey battles, that sort of thing. I'd expect to see him target the classics and the sort of um, in, you know races where his endurance can play more of a factor as well. Because um, you know he's still a very special rider, um, but he needs to you know pick and choose his races a bit um, a bit more maybe than in the past. Yeah, I think in the past he always struggled. He was sort of like suited to the same stages as Sagan would be, but then Sagan might beat him on the line. Uh, now he may have the same, the same problem with Wout van Aert coming through and getting over those climbs as well, which Matthews obviously can do really well. Uh, maybe Gary Ryan's biggest dream is to have him winning the Worlds in Wulongong next year as part of Team Bike Exchange already, looking forward? or. Hey, well, that'd be, that would be amazing. Um, obviously, it's a bit of a weird one, having you know recruiting a rider to win the worlds but <laughs> given that it's a not a not a team race um and we haven't seen the course for that yet but yeah that should be that should be like a selective like bunch sprint uh, like a selected um reduced bunch sprint that's that's what i'm hearing out of out of there so yeah um, we'll, we'll see how we'll see how the final course pans uh, and what about then the voids if we look at the like again at the departures like simon yates uh, uh simon yates obviously still there adam yates gone jack hay gone Guys, especially Jack Haig, who had like a big role ahead of them in the future for bike exchange in the in GCs, uh, how are they going to fill that void? Yeah, Jack Haig hurt, um, <laughs> but uh, there's been a lot of uh, positive talk about Lucas Hamilton. Um, Lucas is has shown that he's one of the better climbers in the world at, at times. Um, he's shown that at Giro d'Italia in the past, you know, where he's kind of bossed around the peloton. He's shown that at Tour Down Under, where he's shredded the field from, you know, like a full field. Uh, down to just six riders on on like a single climb so he's a really talented climber and we've known that in australia for a long time um he was very disappointed at that giro performance um he was right up there if you remember with teo gagenhart on one of the stages where he escaped teo just sat on him and um then then uh, took overtook him after sitting on for pretty much the entire stage and lucas um was felt that he was getting better so you know, he maybe he could have done a similar ride to Jai Hindley or Teo um, at that sort of tour. I mean, they're very similar riders to what he's um, been pegged as in the past. So, yeah, maybe we see something like that from, from him this year. Certainly he's going to be given leadership opportunities and that probably fills to some extent the Jack Haig and, um, and Adam Yates void. Also Esteban Chavez, is he over his um, fatigue issues? He said he is. Um, Matt White wasn't so convinced in terms of giving him leadership roles in terms of GC and a Grand Tour yet, okay. but um, was open to um, if um, he produces good results in the start of the season that perhaps they look into that later. So, yeah, I mean, Esteban's a possible name as well. Okay. Yeah, that's one you would almost forget that he's still on this, or not that he's still on this roster, but like if he could take on again, like you said, that leadership role that he he clearly, like you said, still thinks he can. Uh 
but like the, if even his yeah sports director might have a little bit of doubt then yeah Inter- we'll definitely yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see yeah and of course you can just send simon yates to two grand tours as a as a leader rather than having him kind of target one so um there's there's certainly i think i think they'll have gc leaders at every grand tour okay uh look about we already talked about like some other maybe one day races the classics with um uh, uh, with Michael Matthews, maybe another name who's coming through more in those classic one-day races, Rob Stenard, which I think has like a big year maybe ahead of him, as the signs sort of like showed in La Vuelta at the end of last year. What do you? What is your feeling on that? Yeah, there's um, a lot of rumblings around uh, Rob Stenard. Um, he came out as one of the probably one of the best juniors we've seen in Australia for quite some time. Um, and sort of a do-it-all rider. You didn't, you didn't quite know what he was going to be at the next level, and I think he's found um, taken a bit of time finding his feet. He's tried to do a bit too much maybe in terms of like spreading himself between climbing sprinting, but to be honest, he, he's, run, he's run second in bunch sprints to Gaviria. He's, run, he's um, got right up there in the breaks sometimes at La Vuelta, um, over the climbing stages, and he was very impressive at that La Vuelta, and he said he's come out of that strong, so... Yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting to watch what he does in 2021. And I think there's def- there's definitely some wins for him um, this season. Um, what level of wins those are, that will be the question. If he can win World Tour or Grand Tour stages, that would be that would be uh, perfect, I think, for him at this stage of his career. And, and then looking maybe like at the, at the flat, more flat terrain at the sprint stages, um, obviously there was a big gap after Caleb Ewan left. Um, is it slowly going to be filled by Caden Groves, does he have that potential to, to make that step to, to, to challenge in those bunch finish bunch sprint finishes or Yes, I think I think he's got the speed. I think he's got the climbing legs to get over there on the more selective days. Um the yeah, 2020, 2020 was a really bad season for him though. I mean there were just so many times where he'd get to the final um, of the of the stage and his lead his lead out would fall apart he'd crash um, he'd lose a wheel off he'd lose the wheel of his guys or something would go wrong so I don't know things things need to start going right I suppose for Caden um, very nice guy and he's got a tremendous ability he's in good form at the moment he's got some climbing legs at the moment in a few days time so we'll see we'll see how he goes but yeah um, very good rider and a lot of people got a very high opinion of it. And the confidence in the squad is there as well in Caden Groves to be the man for those finishes. I think so. There was there's some talk about him mixing uh, responsibilities with Luca Meshkech and um, Michael Matthews, of course, as well. Um, I think Meshkech is going to get some opportunities. I mean, obviously, two seconds at the tour last year shows that he's in pretty good form of of and hasn't lost that ability that you know saw him win a Jura stage saw him win uh, was it all those Dauphiné stages uh, I think a while ago um, and yeah so he's, he's he's still got a lot of ability there but I'd expect the absolute fastest rider to be Grove still and maybe you see you see Mezgetch or Matthews mixed in for some of those harder days in the saddle what what got my attention last year as well obviously 2020 was a strange season but if you look, really look at those spring classics down in Belgium and France Basically, the team was almost invisible in the in those classic. Is that is that a point of attention to them as well? Is that something where they expect Matthews now, like in a Flanders, or or do they really still hoping that like maybe Durbridge can show himself there, that Edmo can finally fill that maybe that promise that he once had, like as an under twenty three winner of Flanders? Or 
Yeah, it's funny the under twenty three winner of Flanders thing is, and it doesn't really translate necessarily to making them good classics riders. But anyway, um, uh, Luke Derwich, yeah, I mean he's been talked of as the next big classic star for Australia for a long time. Um, he's got the motor. Um, there's a question of whether he goes too hard when he's in Australia because he certainly does a lot of training when he's over in Perth. Um, they've yeah. got a interesting uh, bunch cult. They've got an interesting bunch riding culture over there where he goes and trains with his mates and they go really hard um, on the, their very hard loops that they've got, training loops that they've got yeah, there. So, really. I don't know, he's going very well. He's, yeah, well, he's, got, he's, he's going very well at the moment, um, as we saw at uh, the recent um, local racing here. And he'll, you know, he'll probably win the time trial if Luke Platt doesn't take it off him. And he's going to be, he's going to be going very strong carrying strong form into the classics period whether he can maintain that is another thing but i'd, lo- I'd love to see luke put it together because um we all know these massive motor he came into the sport as you know a time trial champion um, multiple times and he's just um, a massive talent we just haven't quite seen it all put together on the road in europe um, before but to be honest all the pieces are there and you think he would work really well in the classics it just hasn't quite worked out yeah. yet awesome all right one more final question for you when is this season is going to be successful for a team bike exchange i don't i've i've i've, I've got no sense of like their ultimate goal for the season at this stage um i would say they would need to win at least one world tour gc uh race with simon yates um and take either one of the big classics um, or maybe a collection of grand tour stages or something like that. They need to they need to um, show more than they, they did last year, for instance. Um, but I don't know exactly what the one big result would be. I would say something for Matthews, like Milan San Remo or Tour of Flanders. That would be like a that would be like a marquee result that I'd be looking out for. Is it going to happen? Short prediction, yes or no? That's a tough field, isn't it? That's a very tough field um, that he'd be going against in those two races. I never want to ride off Matthews, though, because if you've seen him up close, you know how hard he tries at everything that he does. So I'm never going to ride him off from doing that thing. But, I mean, the, the riders the riders he's going against, I think it will be too hard. All right. Well, we're going to see it all in 2021 and hopefully in a lot of races uh, as we keep our fingers crossed. Uh, thanks a lot, Jamie, for joining me for this uh, bike exchange preview. No, thanks, Rob. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, make sure people you uh, you follow Jamie at Oz Cycle Insider for all the insights on Aussie cycling and on Team Bike Exchange and for other cycling insights. And in the meantime, also if you enjoyed this content, make sure you share, like, and subscribe to this channel. I'll see you at the next preview. Until then, cheers.